0: next on mlr weekly a topless perhaps owner of the chicago hounds mr phil groves major league rugby headlines via john fitzpatrick of rugby morning previews and opinion from brian ray of america's rugby news and the mlr's best recap rugby wrap-ups mlr weekly brought to you by sheehy auto stores it's easy at sheehy the pig and whistle new york city the world's best rugby pub and lean and limber stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle Presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City. Thank you for tuning in again. We appreciate it, and we don't think you'll be disappointed. We've got a big show for you, including a topless, perhaps, owner of the Chicago Hounds, Mr. Phil Groves. We've got Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with previews and predictions. We've got the best recap in rugby. But before we get to any of it, we have our recurring segment. Rugby Mornings Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick, read Major League News and slash headlines and stuff like that. John, how are you? Welcome.
1: What do you got? Hey, man, hold on. Let me just put in my... uh, There we go. There we go. Now I can hear you.
0: Wow, you are so high tech
1: and hip. At first, I was just staring at your beautiful face, but now I can hear your beautiful voice. I get that a lot. I get that a lot. I got a face for radio.
0: Next!
1: Hey, let's start in the Eastern Conference where the New York Ironworkers secured the second seed in the Eastern Conference. And they will host the Eastern Conference Eliminator game on Sunday against Old Glory DC, who they did get their bonus point win over Atlanta in front of a large crowd. I was there, close to 3,500 fans. Thank you to Paul Sheehy and OG DC for uh, honoring dads by letting them all on the field at halftime to throw the ball around, it was awesome. But Matt, back to the action here. New York versus DC. They split the uh, regular season record 1-1 with both home teams winning. Who do you like in this one, New York or DC?
0: I like the way Old Glory is entering the playoffs. They did their job. They had a good offensive output on home soil. New York got the one point to get in by scoring four tries. And In an effort that was uh, less than what they probably wanted, the coaching staff, but it it gives the coaching staff fodder this week. So I think New York holds home court in a very explosive
1: offensive game. A lot of points for both teams. Next! Let's stay in the East where the New England Free Jacks won their 10th straight game and in the process set a new club record with 14 wins in a regular season. Also, Matt, speaking of fan attendance, over 4,700 fans packed Fort Quincy, setting a new record there. They saw their boy, LaRue Milan, score a hat-trick, but there are a couple injury concerns there. Bodine Waka and Mitch Wilson both had to leave early, now they do have an extra week of rest because they have the bye uh, as they await the winner of the Eastern Conference Eliminator Round, but Matt, New England, they just seem to be storming right along.
0: Yeah, uh, great venue great uh, management great coaching staff reasonably priced beer great fan fest they're doing it right
1: New England is a formidable team next hey let's go out west where the San Diego extended their woo extended their win streak to 13 games and finished with an MLL record 15 in one regular season game Matt that's impressive there's no way you've won 15 rugby games in your lifetime. But they have a bye in the first round and they await the winner of the Western Conference Eliminator. The Seattle Seawolves host the Houston Sabercats. Matt, who you got? Seattle or Houston? A, one
0: individual doesn't win rugby games. It's a team sport, okay? That's number one. Number two, uh, I think Seattle rested some players, to say the least, against San Diego this weekend, down in San Diego. They're gonna get those guys uh, focused on Houston. Houston did the same thing going up into New England, for the most part. I think the home team is served again. Home cooking serves the home team, and I think up in Starfire, the Seattle Sea Wolves beat the Houston SaberCats in another exciting,
1: high-scoring affair. Next, Matt. Here's an Irish word for you. We got to talk about that Donnie Brook in Dallas with Countum. 1234 feed red cards between the Dallas Jackals and the Chicago hounds a little bit of a dust up there. I know rugby values and all frown upon you know fighting it's kind of accepted in hockey Matt punch up good or bad for the sport.
0: Well there is a history here. There's a history the You know, the Dallas Stars were the Minnesota North Stars. The Minnesota North Stars and the Chicago Blackhawks had a fierce rivalry, and basically, I'm gonna say that it carried over to Dallas, and dropping the gloves goes back to those two franchises, and now it's with Dallas and Chicago in the MLR, so I think it's great.
1: Next! I didn't know uh, ice hockey was such a passionate following in Argentina. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's right up there. Next! Matt, one more thing, I gotta bring this up, because I saw this on MLR Reddit. But in the Chicago market on FS1, when Chicago played the San Diego Legion, over 147,000 fans watched that on television. In contrast, later that day in a Major League Baseball game between the Chicago Cubs and the San Diego Padres, a little over 226,000 fans watched it. That's a, That's that gap isn't very big, Matt. What do you think of that? Promising signs, right? That's only seventy-six thousand,
0: is my 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 uh, mathematics adds up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. You know, we're growing the game. Good, good, good stuff. Good job. Next. Hey,
1: Matt, I'm excited. The playoffs are here. I can't wait to watch it.
0: Thank you to Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning Coffee here. Break. Now, before we go ahead with our guests, we have to look back at what we saw with the league's best recap from yours truly. The Chicago Hounds and some of their rabid get it fans went sniffing for another win against their canine cousins, the Dallas Jackals in the place that Nolan Ryan, who would have been a good number six, used to bring the heat. And it was the heat and the exciting finish that had Chicago owner and today's guest, Phil Groves, taking off his shirt and celebrating with what is becoming one of the best fan bases in the league out of Chicago. The Hounds jackal the win from Dallas and end the season on a high. Tails up with a two game winning streak. Final score 29-28. In the nation's capital, Old Glory had a difficult path to navigate in terms of securing a home playoff game versus New York. But D.C. has played with a spirit of 76 type attitude from the opening week and they went out and took care of business against an Atlanta team that played tough and did not mail it in. A record crowd at Segra Field saw Old Glory light up the scoreboard and put the pressure on New York. Final score 36-28 D.C. At York Lions Stadium north of the border in Chirana, the arrows were not sharp in the first 40 minutes as visiting NOLA looked to be coasting to a much needed win but Toronto dropped their gloves at halftime and fought back. 22 tackles from Jack McRogers and 167 meters on the ground by by Tawa. Talatasi Tasi nearly facilitated a miracle comeback, but a healthy Tom Florence got a brace of tries and a gaggle of Canadian geese for the gold in a 26-24 win. The Houston SaberCats went into Quincy, Massachusetts with absolutely nothing to play for and plenty to lose if they lost one of their starters ahead of the Eliminator game in Seattle. New England, however, had a sellout crowd in Quincy along with a bye week ahead of them, so the Free Jacks were looking to put on a show. They did just that, despite giving away two yellow cards and accumulating 15 penalties along the way because they scored seven tries. All eyes will be on Bodine Waka, though, who left the match looking a bit banged up. Final score, 47-24 Free Jacks. On the northern border of New York City, the Ironworkers controlled their own playoff destiny versus a Utah Warriors team that was coming off a devastating loss and playing without Cruze, Mano, and Lacique in their back line. But Coach Greg Cooper's mountain men came to play, and after New York secured their needed one point by scoring four tries, they were stunned by the rampaging Warriors right at the start of the second half. New York, though, secured the home playoff game helped by two tries from... Call me Ishmael Shabaj. Final score, Utah, 43, New York, 33. At oh snap, Dragon Stadium in San Diego, the top two teams in the Western Conference played defense like they do in the NFL Pro Bowl or NBA All-Star game. Seattle rested players ahead of their showdown in the Eliminator match with Houston while San Diego put on a show for their big crowd In the sun-soaked Southern California locale. With the luxury of a bye week ahead of them. But their win streak still alive. The Legion played with enough fire to score six tries. Two by Jason Higgins. But may have lost their captain, Blair Cowan, because of a red card. Stay tuned as some cockamamie mitigation from the league offices may be forthcoming. Final score, San Diego 40, Seattle 19. Let's take a break.
2: Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows
3: you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships.
1: It's easy at She-he. Sheehy.
0: Hey, you need rugby cleats and you need them tomorrow? Well, RugbyNow.com. www.rugbynow.com. If you order them today at... 3 p.m. or by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time they have youth cleats, male and female, they have adult cleats, male and female, you can have them by tomorrow if you order them today 3 p.m. New York time, noon L.A. time in the United States RugbyNow.com If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby have some great food and some great times go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street back with one of the people that is becoming one of my favorites in mlr major league rugby and that is phil groves of the ownership group of the chicago hounds phil great to have you back
3: oh thank you for having me honored to be here all right so
0: phil let's let's get right to it you're being called (laughs) the mark cuban of rugby after your celebration in Dallas after your team had that dramatic win on another Chris Mattina kick. You had your shirt off, Bill.
3: I'm sorry for that, for anybody that had to witness that. But uh, uh, and my kids are still hiding, I think, uh, from their friends. But, uh, but it was an exciting day. I mean, what, what a great way to finish the season, our first season. Um, you know, have a lot of passion for the sport and you know i'm more of a fan than you know the operating part of the team but you know it was so great to be down there and uh, had a lot of great people in the box supporting and to see the boys you know work their way through you know dozens of red and yellow cards and come out on top was you know, what a great way to finish the season yeah were, were, were cards on sale is that why you guys kept catching yeah i think there was some discount i mean you know you figured you know we're fighting for the the wooden spoon so you might as well you might as well do it all out there that day so you know
0: well, I, you know, I got—I'm complicit in the wooden spoon thing because we did forget, and I, we could just say that it's because they're from a different country. But the arrows clearly claim the wooden spoon as as the wooden spoon winners in the league. But if we're well, going to go on the Western American Cobbers, landscape, we don't worry
3: about the Western Conference, you know. That—that—that's fair that's enough. Really fighting you know, because we played right, them so- twice a year, so. No, but not to, to, to denigrate the, the, the Toronto team, but no, you know it was really us and Dallas in that one.
0: Yeah, so the Western Conference wouldn't. Western Conference, yes. yeah. There's yes. the asterisk. You're not the league. Yes. It wasn't yes. for the. It was, but it was the dog eat dog ball. It was. There was a lot of
3: howling going on. Like a lot we, of howling. We did our best to, to bring it. So,
0: all right. So now, what's the follow up with the shirt coming off? I mean, is that now you got? Now people are expecting it.
3: Yeah. Well, I got to get in shape. I think that shows that. So, you know, our fall season training probably starts August 1st. So I, I I got a month to get back in shape, you know, to start playing for my club. But, uh, but, you know, I I, I think i will just try to keep it on from here. And maybe, maybe I'll bring a flag next time to wave or something. It's been a tumultuous first
0: year in terms of wins and losses, but you guys have had some really tough losses and then you've finished strong. Yeah. What are some of the lessons you've learned about
3: this year? We learned some lessons, but, you know, we did some stuff well, right? You know, we, we have a, a fantastic CEO in GM, James English. He put together, you know, really, I think a knock-up staff. You know, Sam Harris has such a confidence in what he's going to bring to us long term. So, you know, it, it starts with those guys really driving things. Um, but, yes, of course, there's always lessons to be learned. Um, I think at least on my side, you know, I work more on the community side, is that, you know, earlier fan engagement and getting in and out in the community, had a little more runway. We probably could have had a little better, at least from my part of it, you know, experience, you know, on game day for people, get more people involved, more teams playing before us. But we're getting there. You know, we got a, a youth uh, youth tournament kicking off the um, during the final on July 8th. You know, we pass it back, which is the World Cup Cherries. So we're really excited to partner with them and Memphis Intercity Rugby, too. Bring some, bring, bring that, and then you know that that'll probably carry on until the rest of the season for season long. We're gonna have this one in July, so people get to see it, see what we're doing there. A um, little tough to start that, you know, in the snow. So, um, but yeah. I think you know we we'll get it set, you know, um, you know it, that'll be a full year round year thing. So we're happy with that. But I think uh, you know, um, you know, we, just you know starting up on a ticket thing, getting a new stadium, all that stuff. You know, you, you have to do it to understand it. And again, James did a great job with that. And uh, I think every week we're learning something new, but I think, you know, I think, you know, the, 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 period's over our learning curve will, will be a little less steep this next year for sure. All right. So
0: you mentioned uh, Memphis inner city rugby, uh, yeah. great program by the way. And my co-host on the rugby odds, John Bradshaw Layfield is on yeah. that board. Shane Young doing great stuff down there. And now you guys are going to what piggyback that in Chicago
3: yeah, we're going to try to work with them. I think they they might rebrand a little bit, called you know the Urban, Urban Rugby Initiative, but but, but obviously leading that, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll replicate that in Chicago is the goal, and, and around the league, hopefully, you know, in all yeah. the major rugby cities, because it's a, it's a natural thing to have one of those programs, because you know Memphis City Rugby is you know to longer duration, the Childhood Pass It Back, which is the World Cup, Jerry, you know, focuses on that ten to fifteen year range, so you could run them both simultaneously, and I think you'll see that in action in July at the final, uh, working together. Um, they're, they're very complimentary programs. And so we're really excited that Shane does a great job down there. It's got so much passion for it. Um, that, that, you know, th- there's no reason we can't have that in every city in the MLR.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. And you mentioned snow. So that'll allow me to segue to yeah. the schedule. What do you think about schedule changing or, or keeping it the same for the league for the matches?
3: Um, well, I know they're talking about the league level. I, I don't, it's above my pay grade, but, uh, I think they have an open mind from what my understanding is, is, is to find, you know, other ways to look at the schedule and do things that work for, you know, the teams and the players and the fans. And so I, I certainly they haven't set anything up yet. I don't think they're even going to worry about that till after the final, but I, I, I would, would suspect there'll be some sort of modification, you know, you know, timing wise, um, if nothing else, um, you know, having less games in Chicago in March, uh, even if you keep the season the exact same, maybe that, but, but again, you know, they, they didn't get to start working on that till November yeah. and obviously, you know, you know, for instance, Dallas, you know, they, they run the XFL there earlier in the season. So, you know, there are very few stadiums, I think, are single-use stadiums where there's nothing else going on. So, right. some just beyond the, the league's control, Um, you know, and I think, you know, probably of the 12 teams, I'm sure not more than one or two control their stadiums, you know, all year round. I mean, obviously, we share a stadium with a professional soccer team, two professional soccer teams. So, you know, we don't get to choose everything we want ourselves.
0: So, All right, so you know Miami will be added to that mix next year, so yeah. you'll, at least, you'll at least have that warm weather destination to go to. But if, if you're a if you're a gambling man, how many teams are in the league next year? Is it going to be thirteen? Is it going to
3: be twelve? Is it going to be less? What do you think? Oh well, well, it's certainly not going to be less than twelve. Um, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be thirteen right now. Um, you don't know what's told me differently yet. Um, but that was um, a
0: trick question. I was trying to, yeah. I was trying to weasel my way in there with, with. Some, yeah, well,
3: some yeah. Of... No one has told me anything different. I just don't, I'm counting on thirteen. That's a good. That's so, a good thing. Yeah. That's a good I'm thing. Definitely counting on thirteen. Um, I, I, I guess I'd be surprised if it was fourteen. I probably would have heard something by now if it was fourteen, but I haven't. So, uh, but no, I'm, I'm really excited for the league. I think the Miami ownership group's a great group. Uh, they get along very well with some of my co-owners. So, um, I think everyone's excited to have them in there. I think. um, that's the type of group that, that we'd love to have more in the league.
0: A fan experience, you lead yeah. from the front because you, you've traveled with the team to some of the different venues. What's your overall yeah. take on what we got to do to get more fans?
3: Yeah, I think you know, um, you know that is you know the, the 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 funnest part of my job is really in, in, interacting with the fans. Um, I think we have an embarrassment of riches here in, in Chicago in the Midwest because we have so many clubs that are so so passionate about it. The, the things to work on, is, you know listen to the fans, ask them what they want to see more of. And I'm getting a lot of feedback now. And hey, maybe we could do this differently next year for us. I think, you know, really we need to have um, games before our games, you know, kickoff games because, you know, we have three fields outside our stadium. I've had a great time going to all the other state or the, almost all the other stadiums in the league. Uh, the fan clubs are fantastic. You know, there's some some real leaders out there. Obviously, the folks in Seattle and Dallas and, and New England stand up my mind the most because um I just happen to see them a lot and talk with them a lot. And I think, uh, you know, it's good to, to see what other fan clubs are doing. We have a great fan club, the Kennel Club, and they all talk to each other. So, you know, before every game, they're all talking to each other, setting up tailgates, you know, for the visiting team. And so um, so I think that's great.
0: I got to ask you this one because yeah. it's out there on social media, the players uh, filing to unionize. What's your take on that? And there's a vote, I think, on the seventh. And that's the day
3: before the, the final. So I'm, I'm going to wait, see what happens with the vote, and then, you know, do, whatever happens, happens. Um, but it's a really important issue. It's something I think we just need to resolve, or whatever it is, and stop talking about it and just, you know, see the result of the vote and then work from there.
0: Is, is there any kind of preemptive talk going on to, uh, you know, so that, you know, God forbid on the seventh, they vote to not play the final and you got fans oh. traveling across. It would be a disaster. Are, are talks ongoing? I have no, no idea.
3: That definitely... I, yeah, not not with me. That's for sure. So, but but I, you know, obviously the league office has people that that handle that stuff, and so uh, but they, but I don't. They're not sending out daily uh, blasts to all the owners. Here's what's going on. I think you know our you know every, every team has one person on the board, and so our owner handles that stuff, and the other owner does that. So.
0: All right. So five year vision for the league yeah.
3: the best thing that, that can happen this league in my mind is a is, is a usa rugby team that's making the world cup making it out of the, the, the first stages getting into the knockout rounds i mean that that is the thing because what that will mean is if that's what happens that means the is do a good job of developing more talented u.s players and getting them game time so i think you know that that's the top oh so you're one of those yes Yes. I'm one of those. Yes. So, but, uh, but I think we, we need to, uh, you know, we need to develop, if we develop our talent, it'll show up on the U.S. team. I mean, so I think, you know, cause the MLR, you know, we got all these players and we got to grow them now. That's why, you know, the, the Hawks and the Falcons, you know, those teams and Brendan down there is doing a great job developing talent. You know, the people in that thing, four years from now, those are the ones we need to be developing these next four and eight years on, on the big picture. The macro is, is you know, want to keep growing the league. Uh, making more – and, you know, getting more people to come to the stadium, more watch it, so we have to work on the fan engagement. But I personally think the better the U.S. team is, the more people come to games. I think it just – to me, it. it I know, of course, I can't prove that, but that that just goes where I'm going. I think a lot of people look at what's happening other leagues around the world. You know, obviously, uh, Premier League in England has some issues with teams. Uh So I think we're studying that very carefully to make sure that, you know, we don't fall in the same trap. Yeah, um,
0: but, I mean, it's – you know, it's, it's, you know we, we're seeing – all kinds of stuff happened across the globe and you know we're only six years in but we are six years in and we survived
3: a pandemic so it's pretty cool yeah i think the future is really bright i think you know there's a lot of really smart people running mlr there's a lot of ownership groups that are really smart i don't know everyone but the ones i know i always impressed Uh, these are are smart business people and i think the people that are that are interested in in joining mlr are really smart and they, they they broaden out our experience and so I think I think it's really exciting. Okay.
0: Yep. Uh, Cubs, White Sox, or Commanders?
3: Uh no, I, I'd probably go with the Cubs. I live closer to the Cubs.
0: And uh, who's gonna hoist the shield this year?
3: You know, I don't know. I, I watched that uh, the game last night. I thought San Diego looks impressive, but um I, I wouldn't count on any of those six teams and get you know, be, we're excited to host it here and you know, selling lots of tickets and we got some some great some great uh, fan stuff going on. You know, I got Shaq doing this stuff, and yeah,
0: know. awesome stuff. All right, Mr. Phil Groves of the Chicago Hounds. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> and we are back with our longtime friend, Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. There's nobody that knows more about rugby in the Americas than Brian Ray. Brian, welcome.
2: Thanks for that uh, exorbitant introduction there.
0: We've got. Two playoff games, eliminator rounds, we're calling them. And we've got Seattle hosting Houston and New York hosting D.C. Which one you want to break down first, Brian?
2: I mean, if we guess we start with the West, who is Seattle... Going to put on the field. They're going to have, have pretty much everybody. I mean, these guys are, are, are a bit beaten up. E, AJ Alatimu, another one who's pretty sore. They rested everybody, but that said, so did Houston. They rested almost everybody against New England. they, the only guys really, you know, uh, they had CSC Mahoney and Dean Muir in there. Cause they needed minutes. Cause they'd coming back from injury. So both teams rested pretty much their entire starting type. Danny Barrett played like 40 minutes. Um, so uh, I don't think we're going to be worried about that. It's really just uh, what kind of injuries are they carrying into this one? So I'm interested very interested to see what kind of lineup uh, Seattle puts out. I'm interested. Also, I mean, Houston has some interesting selection decisions to make. They got, you know, if everybody's fit and ready to go, they got some real quality in that pack. You know, Hankel Hermes, I, I doubt he's going to start. I, I mean, he might not even make the 23. They've got so many strong, loose forwards to pick from. So uh, that's going to be interesting. You know, Houston traveling to Seattle, the travel is going to be a little bit of, you know, something to overcome, not a huge thing. I don't think the kickoff time is going to be anything that uh, is going to cause them any real problems. And, you know, if anything, that that field kind of suits the way that Houston plays. We saw that game they played earlier this season in Seattle was just a brutal match. The collisions were unbelievable. So I expect more of the same. I mean, this is going to be really a heck of a battle. I'm honestly kind of tempted... To pick Houston in this game, which seems kind of, I don't know. They've got a strong team right now. They look good. Yeah, I'm going cats in an absolute squeaker, like by three points.
0: The Iron Workers, New York, hosting their Eastern rival, uh, Old Glory DC, who just keeps doing things right.
2: More of a clash of styles, this one. I mean, Old Glory does not want to get in an arm wrestle with New York. I mean, that kind of plays into their hands. Even without Nate Brakely, uh, that's not something they want to go to battle uh, with a, a pretty solid pack. I mean, with, you know, Hewitt and Dalzell in that second row, they're a couple meaty blokes. And, you know, as much as Kyle Bailey loves to be in the wars, that's just not the game that, that Old Glory plays. They want to throw the ball around, play hot potato, get it to the likes of Lasanga and Junior Sal over the wings. So that's an interesting clash, even though, I mean, you look at New York, Fido, I haven't mentioned Teofilo Fido, you know, is he going to be playing? I'm assuming he is. You're assuming Andrew Coe's going to be back in. I mean, it's not like they're, you know, slow out in the corners either. So this is another tough one. But if you look at the last game, I mean, you'd have to say, oh, Glory played better than New York. And I don't know who to pick in this one. But I tell you what, I know you're picking New York. So... I'm tempted to go with Old Glory in this one. Whoa, I've been doubting all season. All season I've been doubting these guys. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I might have to pick Old Glory just to even the scores here. Two really, really intriguing matches this weekend. I'm Absolutely looking forward to it. And uh, I hope uh, that, that both of those uh, venues are absolutely packed to the gills because they deserve to be for the, for this level of, of, of competition. And uh, I can't wait to see the players leave it out on the field.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you for your wisdom and your time once again. Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. I also want to thank Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning for his Coffee Break segment. Thanks to Phil Groves of the Chicago Hounds. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including The Rugby Odds, The College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Tell your friends about us. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please sign up for our American
2: Red Cross blood donor team.